Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. This is Season 2, Episode 48, and today is Tuesday, December 19th, 2017. We are less than a week away from Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Um, It's hard to believe that it's almost the end of the year, and we will be starting Season 3 in just about two weeks. We thank you guys for listening, first and foremost. Without you guys, we wouldn't have such a successful show. Um, If you'd like to call in and talk to us tonight, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 646-668-8467. Also, just to let you know, um, if we do happen to run past 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can call the 646-668-8467 number and continue to listen to the live show. Otherwise, you can download the podcast on RadioAFS.com, or I'm sorry, you can download the podcast on blogtalkradio.com, Radio AFS, and, um, or you can go download it on iTunes, or you can find it on our webpage, which is stayoutofmycrease.com, or you can even go to our Facebook page, which is Stay Out of My Crease, um, and you can use the link that's pinned to the top to download the current podcast as well. Um, so I've basically gone over everything business-wise, except for if you have any questions, complaints, concerns, anything like that, our email address is stayoutofmycrease at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at stayoutofcrease. If you are outside of the United States, if you're in Canada, Norway, Russia, um, Ireland, England, I think I said Canada, but if you're in Canada, you can download the Skype app and give us a free call on that. The same number, 646-668-8467. So this week, we are going to be taking any calls that come in. And we're going to be discussing, um, well, Jimmy and I can discuss at least our teams, and we'll get to as many as we can about what they should be unwrapping underneath the Christmas tree this season um, to either get them into a playoff push or if they're sellers what they need to look forward to at the um, after the trade deadline like who they need to unload or anything like that so if you're calling in tonight we would love to hear who you think um, your team needs to quote unquote unwrap underneath the Christmas tree uh, of course we will be doing college hockey it wasn't very a very big weekend for that and then we'll be taking or we'll be answering your guys questions from the previous weeks and uh, just discussing whatever we want to. So um, again, you can call in 646-668-8467. I'm going to go ahead and bring Jimmy on. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Kimmy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's uh, 
it's it's supposed to snow here again, and it's really funny because right now the forecast for tomorrow is between a trace of snow and eight inches. So basically, they have no clue. <laughs> so when you wake up, you'll know how much you have, huh? Yeah, well, it, it's not supposed to start till tomorrow afternoon. Uh, oh, evening, okay. So. Yeah, I always like to hear what your weather is because usually about two or three days later, it's my weather. So. <laughs> yeah, well, then then it's going to hit over the weekend. It's going to hit. We're not going to see um, above zero temperatures for a while. So Ouch. Um, you won't see that. <laughs> yeah, I can't complain much. Today it was 58 degrees. So um, well, it was balmy 35 here today. So, you know, but hey, that's nice wind, for you guys. Yeah, but a 20 mile an hour wind. So it knocked it down to, you know, if you were in the wind, it was like, you know, 15 degrees. So, right. Oh, I completely understand that. So, um, just so everybody knows, the NHL trade freeze begins tonight at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And they freeze trades over the holiday season um, so that people can stay at home with their families and they don't have to move. <laughs> so um, not not too many trades have come through today unless you're a Penguins fan, and then there have been a couple of interesting moves. But I'm personally not happy with it, but... <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Uh, this is why I don't own or GM an NHL team because I can't make these decisions. But, um, yeah, for any of the Penguin fans that are listening, if you haven't heard, Josh Archibald is now with the Arizona Coyotes, and they picked up this um, AHL goaltender, um, Michael Leighton, I believe is his last name, or Leighton, something like that. But anyway, he's like 36, and he's a career AHLer, <clears throat> so he will be going to Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I had thought maybe since they were picking up an AHL goalie that maybe they would send Jari back down to the AHL so that he could actually play. But it seems like Jari's still going to be Murray's backup, and um, Leeton is going to be the uh, the AHL goaltender behind Casey DeSmith. <laughs> So I think well, you know, and that maybe they're bringing in maybe they've got um, higher hopes for Dismiss um, down there at at Scranton, Wilkesbury Scranton, or whatever the collaboration. <laughs> Wilkesbury Scranton, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> whatever uh, you know, um, maybe they're bringing in that uh, veteran goaltender just because they need to, um, you know, maybe his, his even though he hasn't played a whole lot of. NHL hockey, he's got a lot of hockey experience, so maybe they're looking for, you know, game preparations and things like that to try to teach DeSmith so he gets a better head on his shoulder. So when <laughs> next time Murray does get hurt, they can bring um, um either bring bring up the the veteran guy or bring up DeSmith who who would have more um you know, would be playing playing more at a you know, used to playing at a higher level. Um you know, that's right. the only way I can see move that and maybe cap space. That's where I was getting ready to go next. I think um, because Archibald was on a two-way contract and he's been plugged in for injured players like Hornquist and um, uh, Dominic Simone that just recently came up because he's been plugged in. I think they um, they went ahead because Pittsburgh is stacked at forwards and um, especially small forwards. 
And so I think they did it to clear cap room. Um, They picked up a defenseman, and um, I believe his last name is Olesk. It's, it's, I don't know. I'll learn how to pronounce it, but um, he's from Dallas, the Dallas stars. They got him for a fourth round draft pick in 2019, which is interesting because that draft pick depends on where the wild finish and where Pittsburgh finishes because the wild has our other fourth round 2019 draft pick. And um, so if, for example, Pittsburgh finishes in the bottom and the wild continue to maintain the median, then Dallas will get the earlier pick. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. That's like a provisional pick then. Correct. Yeah. It's a conditional pick. So, I mean, he was fairly. Dallas will Dallas will get the better of the two picks is what you're saying. That's correct. Thank you. Because I can't, I can't talk about, I can't like get what I want to say out. I know what I'm trying to say, but yes. So Dallas will get the, um, the earlier pick in the fourth round, whichever way it works out. So I think they did that because um, this guy's salary is like 995,000 and I think they needed to clear a little bit of room for that. So Yeah, I don't know that much about him. I know he plays for Dallas. I know he's a he's a big guy. Um and he's he's not going to score a whole lot. So, you know, he, he's not going to be uh, you know, a Latang or somebody like that that's going to come in and score goals. He's going to be somebody that you know, makes up for somebody else who's, you know, playing out of position. So, and he's, and you I'm know, like okay I said, with he's, that. he's a big body and he's like having another goaltender in front of the net when he's in front of the net, just pucks bounce off him like crazy. Yeah. Cause he's like six, seven, two fifty five, and he likes to drop yeah. the gloves. So that gives Ryan Reeves and this new guy, um, Jamie Olas- Olasek. It's O L E K. S-I-A-K. Alexiak. Alexiak. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And then in other, like I said, um, Arizona got Josh Archibald and goaltender Sean McGuire and a 2019 six-round pick from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for the goaltender Michael Leeton and a 2019 fourth-round pick. <laughs> so... The uh, Coyotes made out like banshees, sorry to say. <laughs> they got a uh, a pretty good forward, which they need. That's okay. Um, the other big trade that happened today was with the Florida Panthers, and they acquire, acquired forward Gregory Chase from Edmonton in exchange for future considerations. Yeah, I think Edmonton's just dumping salary there. Yeah, probably are, because they're, uh, they're struggling. Well, they're, they're, not the they're, turning around. they're turning it around a little bit now. They're playing a little bit better. I think they're, they're now that Cam Talbot's fat. Yeah, that's that'll help. You know, <laughs> when you get your goaltender <laughs> back, they you know that they usually kind of picks things up for you. So they right. look they look fairly decent when they beat the Wild. When I watched them the other night, so of course everybody looks good against the Wild now. So, <laughs> um, but that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, you mentioned. <laughs> Mentioned earlier, you were talking about um, college and how there wasn't really nothing 
And in fact, there are no games scheduled this whole week. Um, they, they, right. You know, they're, they're college kids. They're, you know, a lot of them are on winter break and, you know, let the kids go home, let them go home for Christmas and, and all that. And then a lot of them will continue to be on. There'll be some um, uh, regional tournaments that'll be on, um, you know, that are played at, you know, some of the bigger areas. Um, but there aren't even that many of those. Um, and those usually don't happen until, you know, after, you know, after, well, after Christmas, you know, and some of them not till after New Year's. And then, you know, a lot of these schools don't have class during January. They have, you know, J-term or what have you. But, um, you know, it's not part of the regular. So they don't like to schedule a whole lot of games um, during January because they don't get the student section there to uh, right. attend the games. So um, it, it's going to be kind of light here. And then also you've got, you know, you got World Juniors coming up and you've got Olympics coming up. So, I mean, teams are going to be losing players. And so the next um, the next couple months in college hockey is going to be very interesting. No, yeah, definitely. And I like after the first of the year because you really start seeing, for the most part, teams pulling away, getting ready for the Frozen Four tournament. And it got really exciting for me last year after the holidays and everything were over. Well, and you start to see some of the teams that, you know, that really haven't played anybody that's, that are in the tops of the standing. Sometimes, you you know, there's the determination, are they for real or, you know, are they just in the tops of the standings because they haven't played anybody and their win-loss record is gaudy, you know. Right. So, what teams yeah. like that right now that I, I'm trying to figure out why they're in the top five. But, you know, um you know, because their their strength of schedule is like well, one's like twentieth and the other's like twenty fifth. So you know, I mean, that's you you haven't played in you haven't played enough teams to be you know validated into that top five, and, right? You know, in my opinion, and I believe I said that with Harvard at the beginning of the year, and now look where Harvard is. So there, you can't find them with the searchlight. So no, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sad because, um, well. Last week, I got to watch um, Alaska Anchorage and Bemidji State, and I, that was a good game on Friday night. Um, Bemidji actually won five to one, and um, yeah, it was just fun for me because those are two teams that I don't usually get to see play. Yeah, I get to see Bemidji State play when they're at home because they're uh, um, public broadcast up there in Bemidji there it's manned by the kids at the school and so they have you know it's not the it's not a legendary broadcast by any by any um, way shape or form but it is a broadcast and it's fun because it's the kids that are going to school at Bemidji that are in broadcasting or you know want learning to become cameramen or you know running you know it, it's it's basically done and produced by the kids from Bemidji when they're at home right. and it's it's it, it it makes for a really fun broadcast because you you get um, more enthusiastic announcers. <laughs> oh yeah, say. oh definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I, watching college games, and I listen. I like listening to the announcers anyway because I learn a lot of stuff from them. And um, the announcers, I think, get more excited during college games than they do on any NHL game that I've ever watched. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, it's a, it's a more exciting game just because the kids are just out there playing and the kids are smaller. So the rinks are bigger and half, you know, a lot of the rinks are Olympic size. So they're, 
they're moving around all over the place, and it's hard to follow them around. And, you know, they, the kids are playing with more energy than, you know, when you're playing in college hockey, it, every game is like playing um, the way the NHL plays during the playoffs. Every game is that way. And right. so, I mean, that that becomes, you know, that becomes, makes it makes it, like you say, more fun to watch. So. Oh, yeah. I think so. Um, I did so kind of have bad, an up. We had some bad news um, on college, in college hockey. Um, well, not necessarily bad news. It was, you know, we knew it was coming, but um, Len Siglarski from, um, he last coached at um, Boston College. He passed away on the 16th. Um, and uh, he's 91 years old. Um, he, uh, he's the ninth winningest coach in, in history. He, he coached for Clarkson, um, kind of put that program on the map. Um, and uh, they actually won the ECAC tournament for the first time. Uh, I took him to four NCAAs, and then later he went on to um, take him to um, three national championship games, which was pretty impressive. And it was in 62, 66, and 70, so he wasn't using the same players. He was recruiting and rebuilding. So uh, that was, you know, and then – um, after he coached there, then he went on to uh, Boston College and coached there for almost 20 years. Um, and he's just got a slew of title games and um, Hockey East championships and tournament titles and, you know, how many, I think eight or nine Frozen Fours I think he went to with them. Um, and when he, uh, when he retired, he was the all-time leader in wins for um a coach in in the in NCAA history you know since then um eight other people have passed him but uh you know he was a legendary coach and you know for people that watch um you know they're more in tune with the east coast hockey they I mean they certainly know who he was I think he retired in 90 91 somewhere in that time frame so um but he was definitely a legend and a pioneer in the sport and uh you know, he's one that will be missed, especially, um, like I say, for the for the people that really knew him well. Right, and when, he was also a U.S. Hockey, Olympic hockey coach, correct? He was an Olympic hockey coach. He was um, he was um, in of the Boston College hockey team that won a national championship. I think it was the first Boston College national championship. Maybe it was for Clarkson, but I knew it was one of the two teams that he coached. He uh, he was also the captain of the of the hockey team prior to that. So, um, wow. So yeah, he he had quite the story career. Right. Yeah, because I I had read the article because um, you sent it to me, and I think I remember that the, his team won silver in like 1952. Mhm. In the Winter Olympic Games. So that that's quite a feat. I mean, what a career, what a life that he had. Right. Well, and he could tell it was all about hockey, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sorry to hear him passing. 92's a long time, though. Yeah, he didn't get cheated there. You know, he got to live, no. especially for being, especially for, you know, being, a hockey player and then being coaching hockey. I mean, that takes years off your life, I think, just because of all the stress <laughs> of having to do that. Yeah, I guess it depends on what team you're coaching for. <laughs> That's very true. 
you're coaching for Boston College. Well, it, but well, he kind of yeah. helped bring Boston College into prominence, um, you know, during the 80s. Um, that's back when Boston College and Boston University really started recruiting really well. And, uh, you know, that, that's when they actually started. Cause they, well, they won their first national championship back in, like, 50. And then they didn't win another one until somewhere in the in the 80s. So um, and they did one three or four. Um, so, and most of those have been um, as of late. Um, but he kind of brought that brought that program, like I said, back in into prominence or set it into prominence, so that they're uh, they're actually a good. You know, they're one of those teams that you think of every year when the season starts. Is you know how good is Boston College going to be? You know, along with Boston University. You know, for the you know those those two are you know two of the stalwarts. You know, from the from hockey east. Right. Yeah, I'm sure Chris will know who he is if he calls in tonight, because um, he he's a big hockey East person. So, yeah, he, this he might be a little bit before Chris's time. That's but true. Yeah, because ninety one, ninety. Yeah. Yep. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So I was kind of excited this weekend too that North Dakota lost to Dartmouth on Saturday night. <laughs> I like my upsets. I don't know why. Right. I guess because I don't have a horse in the race, <laughs> so it's fun for me. <laughs> um, you know, but they did. They ended up winning on. Well, North Dakota won. No, I'm sorry. It was Denver that lost to Dartmouth. Um, they lost on. Saturday night, five to four, and um, they beat Dartmouth one nothing on Friday. So it's not like they ran away with that game on Friday night. No, it kind of sounds like uh, Denver kind of mailed that whole series in. You know, it doesn't sound like there was a whole lot of effort put it, put there. Yeah. Um. But I mean, besides that, most of the games, like Bemidji State won five to one on Friday night. Um, your the Gophers ended up playing Alabama Huntsville this weekend. Did you get a no, chance was, to see them? No, that was that was Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota State, State. Mankato. That's right. Right. Yes. Gophers yeah, are thank off. You. They're off till after the first, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, the kids, a lot of and the reason it's such a small schedule now is you know you, you're saying well you know the kids are still in school well it's finals weeks and you know most of these people are going pro in something else besides hockey so right. they're there for an education as well as to um, you know play hockey so um, that's why you know that and that's why a lot of teams just don't don't even bother scheduling it because they they want their kids to do well they want you know they want the education you know. For the ones that aren't the ones that are going to be one and dones or two or done, two and done, the ones that are going to go for four years and may never get an NHL contract, you know, they're there on, under scholarship to get that four-year degree, and they want to make sure that they get the best of it. Oh yeah, as they should, because you know everybody needs a life after hockey anyway. Mm-hmm. So on the women's side, there wasn't very many games either, but. Bemidji State managed to sweep um, Minnesota State over the weekend. So they're suddenly becoming a team that maybe we have to watch out for a little more because they beat Wisconsin. And right. now they swept Minnesota State. So, you know, maybe they're uh, 
they're starting to gel here and starting to get a little bit better. And, you know, maybe that's a team we're going to be watching out for here, say in another, you know, three, four weeks or so, you know? Yep. I know. And I, I know a couple of uh, people that were really excited over the weekend that the uh, Minnesota state won that they swept. Uh, apparently that's a big rival if I'm not mistaken. Well, they're both in state, so the fact that Bemidji State was able to sweep, you know, Minnesota State and Minnesota State Mankato's Mankato's not a very, I mean, they're not very good. You know, um, neither team is, in, you know, on the women's side, um, but still at the same time, you know, Bemidji seems to see seems to be you know, moving forward a little bit more. So it's, you know, interesting to see. And anytime you can sweep, um, you know, an in-state rival. You know, and they just shellacked them on Saturday night too. They beat them five to nothing. So, you know, right. it's, it's nice because Bemidji's is a lot smaller than Mankato as far as um, you know population wise. So Bemidji's kind of that little town up north that, um, and they're probably going to be mad at me for saying that, but it's it's a smaller town up north than you know the larger Mankato town is. You know, to the south because Mankato's to the south of um, Minneapolis St. Paul. So. Um, but like I said, it's always good when, uh, when the in-state teams play, because like you said, there's, there's rivalry and, and it's rivalry a lot too, because a lot of the kids that are playing for Bemidji State, Minnesota State, St. Cloud State, Duluth, Minnesota, whatever, they all played high school hockey against each other too. So they've been playing and they played probably, you know, prior to, you know, varsity hockey together too. They've been playing against each other for, you know, years and years and years some of them five six seven years so a lot of them just really don't like each other (laughs) which makes complete sense um you know i'm not as familiar with that as you are but it it makes complete sense to me i mean you're gonna want to you know bragging rights at least So, yeah, and those games are a little, usually just a little bit more physical than the other ones, and they kind of get away with, especially with the, you know, when it's within the WCHA like that, you know, they'll, they'll kind of let them play a little bit more than, you know, they will when non-conference kids come in, so. All right. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. Definitely is fun. Yeah, it's going to be kind of sad this weekend not having college, though. I mean, I'm so used to on Friday nights flipping around to the alternative channels to see who's playing, and it was so dead last week, last weekend, and now this weekend I don't have anything to watch um, college-wise. So, but I understand the whole reasoning behind it, and it's, you know, you need to focus on your education first and play hockey second because not everybody makes the big leagues. Well, and that's exactly it. And a lot of the ones that do get, you know, pro contracts or whatever, you know, never really get out of the AHL or even a lot of times even make it to the AHL. So, um, you know, they end up playing and then they still go to juniors after they're not juniors, but the um, uh, USHL after that. So, um, or the CHL or, or what have you. Um, so it's, it, it because, or they, you know, they end up playing independent leagues and in all that. So there's, you know, it's good for them as long as they're in college to get a college degree. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. 
So I know college is kindness, but um, I'm going to change the subject here a little bit. I don't. Not many people realize there was a two o'clock NHL game today between the Carolina Hurricanes. Huh? Yeah, that, that was the first game of the next hundred years. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, because it was like a hundred years to the day, and I think they did it at the same time. And um, I was quite disappointed <laughs> that I had to miss it because of work. So, but apparently I didn't miss a a very good game because I believe Toronto won eight to one over Carolina, <laughs> and they're doing that without um, Matthews. Matthews is still um, injured, which is not good. Well, they got a lot of young kids, a lot of young talent on that team, and they're there's they're going to be going places and they're that's that's a team that I'm glad I'm not in the east that I have to play against them you know I'm glad Edmonton's still down with all the talent that they have so right teams that are really young and really talented are going to be that way too and you know you mentioned that game and that was the first and ironically they played um the outdoor game they played was um versus Ottawa and Montreal which is right. the they played that outdoors and that was the first two teams that ever played in the NHL. Now, granted, right. it's the fifth or seventh, sixth version of the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators, team. yeah. It's still the Ottawa Senators, so, um, which I thought was kind of nifty, you know, the fact that they you know, redid history that way. So. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's great. And um, I like the headlines. The headlines are like Maple Leafs start the second century with a win and I love it. I'm just like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um well and, but I, and during that during that game too, um as a as a franchise, Toronto scored its twenty thousandth goal. Yes. Yes. Isn't that and amazing? Gretzky never, and Gretzky never played for them. The <laughs> <laughs> number right. would be a lot higher. Yeah, and the uh, 20th goal was, or I'm sorry, the 20,000th goal was scored by James Van Riemsdyk. He tapped in a rebound. And they they had this really cool stat. You know I love stats. So they said that out of the 20,000 goals that have been scored, 52 of them have been scored in shootouts. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it's just one of those little facts that just, you know, I, I like to pick up on. Well, here's another, but, uh, here's another one. I know you like here's, I know you like your stats. Um, Ottawa's playing stats. the Wild. I think the Wild are up now like six to three or something like that. But um, in every game that Eric Carlson has played for the um, – for the Senators against um, uh, against the Wild, he's had at least one point, and he had the first two goals tonight. So that that streak is now going on. So I mean that's that's phenomenal if you think about it. You know the way you can. I mean, granted, you know East Coast West Coast teams they don't play each other very much. And it's it's still just mind drop mind <laughs> mind blowing that the fact that he he gets a point every game. All right. He plays against the yeah. Wild. Poor you guys. <laughs> that's that's one person that you would like to keep off the scoreboard, just FYI. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. 
this to me so he can have his two little goals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I picked him in the poll. <laughs> I have Ottawa? figured out. I No, I picked you guys. I picked the wild oh, today. Surprised we didn't lose then. I know, right? That's what I said. I'm not a jinx. I have figured this out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of Ottawa, I you were very excited to call me the other night and tell me, oh, my gosh, flip over to this game. You have to see this ice. It was crazy. It was awesome. It's what I expect hockey to look like. Well, because it and was I, outdoors. It was outdoors and it was cold. It's not in this manufactured environment that you're watching it indoors. And, you know, it's, you know, when, when you stop, you know, you see the breath come out and, you, you know, and you see, you know, big sheets of ice go flying because the ice is so brittle and uh, because it's cold. <laughs> they, did, they didn't, no refrigeration units were required for that. For that right. <laughs> I think they said it was like, nine degrees Celsius or negative nine mm-hmm. degrees Celsius, something like that. Um, I'm not, I'm sorry. I am really American when it comes to Celsius and versus Fahrenheit, but um, I, I, I would assume that's pretty cold. Well, 32 is zero. So if you're getting down, it would be probably, it was probably minus nine Celsius. So which would probably be in the teens about. Right. Four. And it was a which sold out cold. crowd too. Yeah, they had like almost thirty five thousand people there, you know. But you know, it, of course, you're going to go to the game. It's not you, you've been watching the games outdoors for a long time, so you know, you're right. going to watch the game. You know, you know if, if it was minus nine Celsius or if it was twelve degrees, you know, and it, they were playing the game in in Florida, you know, good luck on getting twelve people at the ring. But, you know. <laughs> if you do get twelve people, they're either from upstate New York, Minnesota. <laughs> And they're snowbirds. <laughs> right, Canadians. Yep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Jimmy, we have a phone call, so we're going to go ahead and take this person. Hi, you're on the air with Kim and Jimmy. Who's this? Hey, Kim and Jimmy. Guess who? Hey, Lou. How are you? I had to call early tonight because I got a call at 10 for the boss. So I had to call uh, early. No worries. But well, I, figured, hey, I, I took you. Right. Well, yeah. we're glad you called. Great. Well, we got some movers and shakers in the NHL. Uh, the Islanders are going to get their new arena at Belmont. Yes, they are. I just read that article today when I Whoopee. said it to Mark Kelly. Hey, they're going so home. Where's, where's Belmont? Yeah, sort of. Where's and, Belmont? It's close to the area. Is yeah, it on it's the close. island or no? Belmont. It's at the Belmont racetrack. Okay. Yeah, the official announcement will be made tomorrow, and uh, Andrew Cuomo will be there on hand to bring the news. Hey, it gets them out yeah, of Brooklyn. Well. Yeah, I was hoping they would move like, to another plant or something, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> Rangers fan and Islander fans never get along. And they never will. <laughs> That's right. That's who we are. So, Lou, did you uh, listen to the beginning of the show? Because we have a question no, for you No, because I was finishing up another call, so I, I wasn't able to do it. Uh, okay. Well, our question this week is, mm-hmm. since it's Christmas next week, yes. what do the New York Rangers need? What is their need? What would you like to see the Rangers unwrap underneath the Christmas tree? 
Well, I think maybe that I don't really see anything wrong with them. I mean, they're 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 coming along better now. I mean, they they won tonight as well, five to one, uh, four to one. So they're they're off. Their offense is looking pretty good, but maybe I think they need to shake up their defense just a little bit. I mean, they've been playing a lot of close knit tight games, and um, it's a little scary. You know, especially since they lost two in a row last week and they're not coming back. So I think they do need to work on the defense just a little bit more. So speaking of them, and yeah, I think every team could probably say that they need to work on their defense a little bit more. That seems to be a little more shaky here, right? You know, in the, this era right now, um, especially with the emphasis on uh, slashing and hooking. Um, I think a lot of defensemen, rely, you know, a lot of wingers relied on that to um, – you know, yeah. kind of help the defenseman out by you know by chipping and, and and pulling instead of getting in position. So, I think as that comes better and better, you know, then some of the defensemen will be able to step up because a lot of I think a lot of the defensive problems come from the the forwards' lack of ability to play defense because they haven't they've been lazy for the last you know five six seven eight years. So, but you've got a big game coming up here on Thursday against Jersey. Yes, we do. Yeah, that is a huge game. And it's becoming more important now since uh, we're winning more games. Now this will become more important. Well, because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bunched in that in that um, very, Metro Division. I mean, you can't afford to lose too many games in the, in the division. You know, any of those no, teams can't. can't. No, you're right. None of the teams can afford to lose. No, it's it's a it's a very tight knit race in that in that division. I watch the standings very closely, and it's just that it's just that tight. Because you know, after Christmas, you know, people really start thinking more of the standings. Well, the games kind of even out a little bit more, um, you know, where. You know, when you first start out and you got one team that's playing three, four games in a week, and then you got another team that's only playing one. You know, and it, you know, you look at the standings, and one team's got six points, and one maybe have one, and it's like, oh, they're way ahead of them. No, they're not. They've actually just played hockey games. So, as as the season gets through, you know, because we're you know, I don't know, probably about two fifths of the way through, um, then you know. Then the um, games in hand, I mean, they still matter. They always matter right up until the end. But yes. the, the amount of games that have been played, you know, most of the people are right about at the same level. There's not that four or five game discrepancy that there was, that there is to start the season. So now the numbers, now the point numbers start yeah. coming in a little bit more. Right. Yeah, and even, like, your better teams, like, you know, Columbus, they – they yes. have trouble with some of the the um, the teams. Like last night, Bobrovsky had a terrible game, and um, you know it was just it was one of those uh, games. But you know, nobody in the Metro this year seems to be very consistent, with the exception of probably um, the Devils. And. Um, I would say probably the Islanders are pretty pretty consistent. 
Well, I, it, you know, as I look at it, because I, I look at it from afar, and I don't have any any bias against a certain team because they don't do well in the postseason. But it seems to me that um, Washington has kind of figured out what they're doing as of late, and um, they're they're having a little difficulty beating a lot of teams. And yes. They they seem to be streaking right now. You know, how long that holds up for, you know, and Jersey and. Um, uh, Islanders have come back to the pack a little bit. So, you know, they're playing right around 500, whereas, you know, Washington's, what, 8-2 in their last 10. So, you know, Washington seems to be, but it's a long season. There's a lot of roller coasters. But if you can yeah. ride that, if you can get 8 out of 10 at any point in the season, you'll be happy. You know, that's that's going to bode well for you toward the, you know, postseason. Yeah. Uh, my devil, uh, Devils uh, fans got some good news tonight because both of their forwards are returning from injuries. Oh, yeah. Palmieri and Taylor, Taylor Hall. and out. Hall. Right. Taylor Hall's been out. Yeah. That was a nasty injury. It really was. Yeah, but I have a lot, have a lot of friends who are Devils fans, so it's good news for them. Yeah, and you're a significant other to the Devils fan, too. Oh, yeah. She knows. Right. And she knows that, and she does try to call in. Yeah. She's really, uh, yeah, she's, she's really fun to talk to. Well, good. I'm, I'm, that's good to know, because, you know, she gets a little nervous, you know, when she tries to come on. But, you know, I I try to help her, you know, all I can. Oh yeah, and yes. she's she's wonderful to talk to. I love when we have female fans call in <laughs> because you know I'm I'm a big advocate of females that know sports. Yeah, just because of the fact well, she that she doesn't that's know me. she doesn't know too much. She knows certain areas. She knows like the Devils and a little bit of the Rangers. Uh, she knows about the Mets, but she's weak on the others in baseball. Uh, doesn't really know anything about football and doesn't really know much about basketball or anything else like that. So. But she's, but I think she's comfortable where she is with uh, the Devils and the Mets. Excuse me. Ugh. Well, yeah, and you know, I I learn a lot um, from talking to both of you about, you know, I didn't know too terribly much about the Rangers or um, the Devils, but you know, you always have such great information when you call in and things that maybe I had, you know kind of brushed over reading and take it um, from someone who's been a fan since nineteen seventy eight. Yep. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah she you know, she it, wasn't more than eighty three. Wow. That's crazy. So, yeah, so it yeah, it is creepy. But now that we're approaching uh, the Christmas break, you know I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a, a better road. I'm seeing a better path with the Rangers. I wasn't thinking so in mid October, but now uh, I'm seeing things on the upright. No, that's well, good. And, you know, we were talking earlier about college hockey, Lou, and I don't know how much of that right. you actually follow, but and how they take the they take the time off so the kids can go back home to oh sure. To, and then Kim had brought up the fact that you know now that we're in the no trade zone so that, you know, you're not uprooting families around the holidays. So they, I mean, they won't be able to trade now until I believe it's after the first of the year. Isn't that correct, Kim? 
That is correct. And then they take, um, what is a mandatory, is it two-day break or three-day break? The whole league just shuts down. You know, so and then it's like you look, freeze. And you, yeah, and it's like let's 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 let these people be with their families over the holidays, of and uh, you know, and but you look at the other leagues like the NFL and the NBA. I mean, the NBA is stacked on Christmas Day. They play like twelve games or whatever on Christmas Five. Day. Five. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. I, maybe I over exaggerated a little bit, but um, you know, what about those people's families? You know, I mean, why do you have to? I know. I don't know. I guess I don't get it. I guess well, in the in the NHL, same thing. You know, they've they've done this in '72 um, when they stopped playing on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. they figured, well, we need something to do as we open our gifts and whatnot, and you know, otherwise the kids are gonna drive us crazy. So uh, hey, why don't we just put in something to, you know, to amuse the fans? Right. Yeah, and um, I was wrong the trade freeze actually um, officially unfreezes at 12.01 a.m. on December 28th. It's an eight-day span where you can't trade any players. But um, still, you know, I mean, you can you yeah. can be moved during the during New Year's. I mean, that's not that big of a deal, but moving during Christmas right. would be a bummer. Right. Oh, yeah, it'd be a bummer, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And this the Christmas break is from Sunday, December 24th to Tuesday, December 26th. So mm. after Saturday night, there's no games until the following Wednesday. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, it it is. for those of us that want to watch the games, but it is for those of us that realize that there's life outside of hockey. Yeah, some of us DVR games so that we can watch yes. and keep ourselves occupied. <laughs> I won't mention any names. Well... You know, when you're in this business, you got to make some sacrifices, though. That's, that's the thing. Right. And I think it's no. great. And I mean, look at us. The, uh, right. Exactly. And, um, you know, the, the collective bargaining agreement um, simply stated that, you know, the trade freeze that prevents any players on an NHL active roster or injured reserve from being traded, waived, or loaned. And um, it's to ensure a player's job security during the holidays and keeps the NHL teams from gaining a competitive edge via trades in the law of the week surrounding Christmas. Yes. And that's officially from the NHL. Right. Chris, you know, look at us because, you know, we're at this almost uh, seven days a week. I mean, I even did a, I even did a podcast uh, on the night of Easter, uh, about, nine, about 9.30 uh, at night Easter Sunday. I'm like, gee, we're doing a podcast on Easter. Hmm. Odd. Yeah, but you know it's baseball. Exactly. It's baseball season, and you know, and Detroit was playing, so uh, we had to take care of that. But uh, now I'm off on Sunday nights with him, my boss, because he does another thing for another service, which confidentially is awful. But I'm not telling him that. But um, you know, so I got I got that night off, and I can concentrate on other things. Actually, now I'm doing a a music program on Sunday nights in place of that. Oh wow, that's yes. awesome! Well, actually, music is my first love. Oh, cool! I also play piano too. So uh, I get on this panel discussion show Sunday nights at ten thirty, and we discuss uh, rhythm and blues music, uh, mostly of the sixties and seventies and eighties. Uh, right. When everything that's was really better. Cool. Yep. 
Yes. And okay, six three win for the for the Red Wings over the Islanders. Good. <laughs> Just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Oh, uh, you're wild one too, Jimmy. Yeah, they did. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't look good there for a while. The Wild were down three to one. They came back to win at six four. So that's pretty. Hey, good. it's not where you start. It's where you finish, right? Right. Exactly. Always gotta remember that. Yeah, but I'm looking. For, you know, I look forward to the um, the break. You know, the last games are Saturday, and then of course we get all this stuff on Sunday and Monday. You know, any uh, the NFL is in the final two weeks of the season. NBA gets revved up. So um, it's it. It'll be nice, and of course, I want to wish you and Jimmy a a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, uh, even a Bastille Day if it's possible, or whatever the case may be. You've really made it really made it enjoyable for me to come on this show in the past uh, year, year and a half, whatever it is now. You know. And, well, we have really enjoyed having you on our show. Well, you know, it's it's a dream come true. You know, I always wanted to be part of, you know, a broadcasting aspect. You know, even though I'm not, you know, a real one, but, you know, still, at least, you know, I'm a part of something. Well, we can right. consider you to be a regular contributor to the show, Lou. And in fact, when you don't call in, we wonder if there's something wrong. So, <laughs> No, yeah, it's, scheduling, it's, it's It's either A, scheduling conflicts, or B, the line is dead. Right. You know, yeah, like that, you know. We try not to take too much time off without notice, <laughs> but right. you know, yeah, no, but, I mean, because like, sorry, the line, the line can't go through tonight. Your call cannot be accepted as Nile. Please call again in about oh, six months. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Please call back in about six months. Right. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, you get, you get the well, idea. Lou, we're gonna go ahead and let you go because I know that you right. have a um, previous obligation. But it well, was this great is, talking. This, to this you. is like the this is like the work part of it, you know, because I do the scores and highlights and all the news from what's going on in the sports world. So this is more like the job part, right? So uh, and and that, I only got ten minutes. Important. Yeah, so I got like ten yeah, minutes, but exactly. I, I do want to wish you a merry Christmas and happy New Year. And uh, if you're on next week, I'll be I'll be here. We're planning on being. So. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, day after Christmas, I thought, hmm, are they going to be on or not? Because some will be on, some will not. I got to work that day, so I might as well, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. It's right. a normal day. All right. You, okay, day. you two. I'll, I'll talk to you Merry next week. Merry Christmas to you too, Lou. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jim. Have a great week. Thanks, Lou. Blue always has the best information, Jimmy. I had totally forgotten to bring up the Islanders move. I had sent the article to Mark Kelly earlier, and he's tickled pink about it. So that's yeah, always well, a plus. Yeah, they've kind of not been doing very well without him. So, I mean, they can get that, the players back, you know. And it's, you know, everybody said got injuries. I mean, you know, Wilden played without Parisi all season long and, you know, Dubnik now and, then you look at, you know, Matt Murray was out for 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 Pittsburgh and I mean every team's gonna have, you know, significant injuries. It's how well your team recovers and still plays, you know. Right. And in the case of Tampa Bay it's how big of a lead you can get over Toronto before you and have somebody gets an injury because that always seems to happen to them. Right. Yeah, I know. So, um, 
you know, we, we've been talking about the trade deadline and everything and been waiting for an answer to her question um, for a couple of weeks now that we just haven't had a chance to get to. And tonight seems like the perfect night to do so. Um, Holly wants to know, what does it mean to be buyers and sellers at the trade deadline? Well, so. perfect, perfect <laughs> example is, is, you know, some of the, some of these trades that are going to go down now, um, it's, and they're probably not going to get into a full frenzy until, you know, obviously after the freeze and then probably in January when, right. I was going to say early February. Yeah. When, um, when teams start to realize that they don't have a chance, you know, then you're going to see teams just, um, make these weird trades for draft picks and then just bring up uh-huh. and because they don't care where they finish anymore. They, uh, they've already decided that their season is done. We might as well get some, you know, some new blood in because the old blood isn't working anymore. So, you know, if I can trade, you know, this great defenseman for, you know, a second round draft pick and, you know, some AHL prospect, you know, I'll do that. And, and then you look at the other teams and it's like the teams that are either at the top or wanting to be at the top that will, will be the ones that trade off their draft picks. And exactly. the problem have doing that is eventually you end up like the Blackhawks and um, you'd no longer have um, any draft picks to, to, to draft anymore. So your team, you, you better hope your team can stay healthy and not get too old and you don't get too beat up by the cap. So it's a right. kind of a never ending cycle kind of thing. So. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, a great example would be um, to kind of put it in layman terms a little bit. Arizona Coyotes will more than likely be a seller team because they know that they're, not going to make any playoffs this year, but they do that to get more draft picks to start that rebuilding mode. Um, a lot of us, you know, if you've listened to Jimmy and I long term, you have to be really bad in hockey to get really good players. Um, when you're like Jimmy's Wild Club, you finish middle of the pack almost every year. You're not necessarily getting the best of the best, so you really have to rely on your scouts to draft decent players that are going to fit your system. And um, you look at teams like Washington. Washington are usually what they call buyers, um, and they're just trying to basically buy players for one season to make a cup run. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk was a great example from last year. Washington basically rented him for the, uh, the playoffs in order to, you know, try to go to the cup finals. So I hope that well, makes and then sense. You've got, then you've got other teams that are, you know, they'll sign a, you know, like like Nashville. How does Nashville keep doing this? <laughs> I, know, I they, don't know. Aren't they amazing? They, <laughs> they signed, you know, they signed Bonino sure in the offseason. But last year they make this big deal where they pick P. up P.K. Subban. Yeah. And that just works out totally in their favor. And then this year, I'm trying to remember now, who did they pick up this year? Um, Turris. Kyle Turris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and suddenly now he's the best player in the in the NHL, and their team is you know back up on top, 
and they gave up a good a good full. They gave up. Uh, I don't forget what they gave. They gave up something good for him, and you know it seems like their their scouts and their general manager can see a player on another team and figure out that he's going to play better than one of their star players, and they make star player trades, and it works out for them. And that doesn't work out for a lot of teams. Right. Yeah, very few and far between when a big trade is made. Um, And I'll I'll use Kevin Shattenkirk as a good example because that was a great example. There were so many teams that were trying to make a playoff push that were interested in him last year. And, um, you know, Washington ended up winning what they called the lottery for that. And, um, you know, they got bounced out of the second round. So it doesn't necessarily always work. You know, I didn't necessarily get bounced. They went seven games, but um, well, I know, but they lost in the second. They lost in oh, the second round in seven games. Chicago got there bounced go. in the first round. They lost four to nothing. So that's true. That's, that's getting bounced. The Wild got bounced four to one. That's getting bounced. When you get to the second round, you lose in seven games. You know, it's like I don't think Ottawa got bounced in the in the. No, in the Ottawa finals. did not get bounced at all. <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, I used the wrong choice of words there. Um, but, you know. That's your anti-capitals bias there. Yes, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. I do try my best, though. When you live in enemy <laughs> territory, it's difficult. It is. It really is. Um, but, you know, that that's just a uh, an example. Um, and this year, I mean, you've already heard that Ottawa is, trying to unload players. They're asking players for their, um, where they would be, they have no trade clauses or no movement clauses. They have to give a list of teams that they would go to. All the players do. So in an essence, it looks like Ottawa's already starting. To- kind of the way it looks, or they're looking to see if they can, what they have isn't working, but what they had last year's is working. So maybe they're thinking they can pull off a trade like Nashville did, has done the right. last two years. And, you know, maybe if I trade this star player for that star player, the fit will be better on my team. Right. And a lot of times, and, too, if, if, you take, if you take and you trade one of the better players on your team or one of the guys that you think, you know, is going, you know, that everybody on the team is, is like, you know, this is one of our best guy, if our, not be, our best guy, then, you know, if he gets traded, then suddenly the rest of the team goes, whoa, if they can trade him, then they can certainly trade me. So I better start playing better because I like it here. Right. And, you know, I, I had this conversation earlier this week about trades and certain fans thinking that certain players are untouchable. And I've always looked at it this way. If Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anybody can get traded. I'm sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just the way it works. (laughs) You know, if you are not performing well, you know, as a star player, if you are A, not performing well, or B, they need the cap space, you're not going to be safe. (laughs) I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Connor McDavid. You know, Wayne Gretzky got traded. Anybody could get traded. Well, and part of that, too, is if you remember back in that time frame, NHL was trying to get back into some of the bigger markets, and they weren't doing as well. And, you know, trading Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's, you know, wife was a model. And so she wanted to live in L.A. So they made the deal set up 
basically so that suddenly now Los Angeles, which the biggest city in, in the country you know, or in, in North America, suddenly now has the best player in, in hockey. So suddenly now you're drawing like crazy. You're drawing not only selling out, you know, the Great Western Forum at the time, and, but you're also your TV revenues go way up. So I, mean, right. I think that was also an NHL kind of a deal, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing that they did with Edmonton. And uh, right. so I, I think there was, there was some of that involved in there too, but like you say, nobody's untouchable. That's right. Nobody is. Um, you know, people tend to think that certain players won't get traded and come to find out, yep, they're pretty perfectly eligible to be traded. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, Susan had also asked a question and she said, you know, who would you consider to be sellers this year? Well, we already kind of talked about Edmonton, or uh, not Edmonton, sorry, Ottawa being potential sellers. Uh, can you think of any other teams off the top of your head that would be besides, like, um, besides Coyotes? See, I don't know how much the – yeah, but, but, I mean, the Coyotes are, and that's I, – I have my own theory on that, and I won't go into that again, but um, – right. I but think for those of you who want to know, just listen to last week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, it's difficult to know um, because you don't know about Carolina. You don't know about their – I mean, they want to keep the team there. So they're going to try to hold on as best they can. They're only eight points out of first place, so I don't see anybody there. Um, Buffalo's got a ton of talent coming in. Um they do. Both on their AHL team and on their draft picks. They're, Buffalo's going to turn that thing around, in, if not next year, the year after. And Buffalo's going to be the team we're competing with Toronto. Um, and yeah. everybody else is going to go, where'd they come from? Well, they were really bad. They got good draft picks. So, you know, I, I can see them dealing a little bit. Florida's already done some dealing. Um, they have. I think. Vancouver may try to, but they don't have a whole lot of assets. Um, the Sundines are eventually going to have to retire, and then they can move on from them and then <laughs> right. bring up some younger talent. Um, it wouldn't surprise Wild won tonight, but they haven't really been playing all that well. They're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. I think they're actually in a fairly decent spot as far as playoffs now. They're, um, I think they're the the last, the second wild card right now. But if they go on a run where they're not playing very well, I think they're going to, I think I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see them um, trade, you know, trade some of their assets off to try to get younger again. Cause they've got a lot of, they have um, a lot of young talent in the system and to be able to supplement that, you know, and basically just do a reboot which, you know, Pittsburgh did, Chicago did, um, Kings did, um, Toronto did, uh, Tor- Toronto definitely did, um, Tampa Bay did, um, you know, where you, you get to the point where you're biblically bad and then um, then you get you get the young kids, you get the Connor McDavid's, you get the, you know, those kinds of players. But if you're... Patrick if you're drafting, Yeah, Patrick Lainez. If you're drafting, you know... 20th every year or 24th every year you're not going to get that you know you're not going to get you're going to get a good player but you're not going to get that generational player and right. you know and that's a lot of times what it takes you know 
Because if you're playing with a team, you know, Dallas is the same way. You know, they may decide. But Dallas has been playing relatively well of late. Um, so, but if, if you if you get to the point where you go, okay, we're, we're, we're not going to move any further than where we've gone, we need to back up and start again. Right. Yeah, and I mean, even if you look at it, like, I suspect if Edmonton doesn't pick it up within maybe the next 20 to 20-ish games that they play, I I truly believe that Edmonton will be, quote-unquote, sellers just to offload some of that cap. But I think think Edmonton would be sellers in a different market, though. I think they would sell – I mean, they're already – I already talked with them with um, Nugent Hopkins. Maybe right. you know he won't be long for that club anymore. Um, but what they would do is they wouldn't want draft picks. They have plenty of number one draft picks. They have plenty of young talent. Problem that they have, and this is me with my beating my horse again or beating my drum or whatever. Um, they they need veteran leadership on that team. They need to pick you know, and if if they can, you know. There's a lot of teams in the league that have a couple of really good veteran players that have experience that would gladly trade two of those players for one Nugent Hopkins. I, I would think that there's very, very many teams that would do that. Right. Exactly. So they're in the reverse aspect of it. You know, they would sell to get older as opposed to getting younger. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you know we're right, only two fifths of the way through, so we got we I have know, plenty. There's crazy? plenty, of time <laughs> and there's you know, and there's and the beauty of it is is now is when you you know you, the jockeying for position starts. You know, once you flip right. the calendar, because then it's yep. okay. This is where I'm at, and this is how many teams I need to jump over to get to that last wild card spot. And this is how many teams, if I'm in that wild card spot, this is how many points I need to get out of the wild card spot and into the top three. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it this, is. This is, it, it, this is. I mean, that's that's when it, it. That's you know when standings watching really starts to happen. <laughs> Unless you're like me and you watch them because you like to see the point or the differentials. <laughs> That's the only reason why I watch the standings so much right now. I mean, I was just looking through them earlier today, and I think Tampa Bay is like a plus 43 right now, and you're like, whoa. (laughs) You know, and they've only lost, what, six games? (laughs) And it's just crazy. Right. Well, and the thing of it is, is they've got 50 points, and they've they've played only 30. They've played, you know, going back to the numbers again, they're in that – Atlantic, which doesn't play as many games yet, but they'll catch up. Um, but they've only played 32 games, right? So, you know, I, you look at some of the, you know, you look at some of the other teams, and it's like, wow, you know, Nashville's only played 32, but you look at the Kings, they've played 35 and leading their division right. with 46, and you know, it, and Toronto's it, played 35, right? So, I mean, they got they've they've got a lot of space. They can afford mm-hmm. a minor injury. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm just not damn close again. I'm getting really tired of him getting injured every year. Right? Yeah, because you just want to see what their full potential would be with the full healthy roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're 
they're so fun to watch now. Although I was surprised that Colorado actually gave them a um, a run for their money. That game was awesome because Colorado was down like five to one and came back and the game ended six to five. I mean, it was a crazy comeback by Colorado. Well, Colorado's not a bad club. They aren't. They're just they're just coming into their own. They they're they're right. again, you know, they, they and they'll get better. They'll be even better next year, you know. So, um, I think Chris picked Colorado to make the playoffs this year. I think that was you know a little yeah. far fetched, but I don't know. I I don't know that it is now. I mean, they're not it's that not far. It's not looking out. so far, but, right? No, Chris is looking well, like they, a genius. They, we won't they, tell him that though. <laughs> right? They just they just beat the Pittsburghs, so. Um, Anybody can beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> Apparently, lately, I don't know what the problem is with that club. We'll we'll get into that because we do have a question about Pittsburgh, and I know how much I, you, and I try to avoid talking about them. But I, it's a slow night, and it's just well, best they are to get the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. So even though they're your right. club, we can still talk about them. I mean, if Chicago right. had won the last two cups in a row, you know, I'm sure we'd get a lot of Chicago show back when they won three out of five. Um, we'd be talking a lot more about Chicago in in in, in Taves, and right. laughing at people that call them toes. But go ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's my meme. That meme was awesome. <laughs> um, I have to share this with our listeners if they didn't see it. So it said, "How to spot a fake hockey fan?" And it was um, show them Jonathan Taves's last name and have them pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> Because the way it's spelled, everybody would think it's toes. <laughs> yeah, so. T-O-E-W-E-S. It's, it's toes, right? Right. No, it's toes. <laughs> it's, like it's like the great goaltender Roy that used to play. Yeah. Yeah. Or Richard. <laughs> you know, the Rocket Richard trophy. <laughs> yes. So... But um, I, I think we'll go ahead and take our break right now here, and that'll give us a few minutes to catch our breath. I'll get into this Pittsburgh um, question next, just to, like I said, to answer Mark's question, get it up off the board, and that way we can start fresh next week as well. So we are going to take a quick break, everyone, and we will be back here shortly. Now a word from our sponsors.
At Midwest IT Support Help Desk, we believe that technology should support and enhance your organization's success, not constrain it. With our wide range of best-in-class services, we provide customized solutions that fit your unique IT needs. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Midwest IT Support Help Desk is always available, providing your organization with professional remote help desk support services you need. Midwest IT Support Help Desk will solve your technology issues day or night. Our IT staff ensures that your network and computers are up to date and ready for operation on a daily basis. Don't wait until problems occur. Let our organization solve them with our monitoring software, giving you the peace of mind you need. Let us do the worrying for you. Enabling your workforce with top-notch technologies isn't just important, but imperative for business success. This customizable solution allows your team to work seamlessly and collaboratively in a protected space. No matter what IT services you need, Midwest IT Support Help Desk will be there to support you every step of the way. Midwest IT Support Help Desk. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Please visit www.midwestitsupport.com for more information or shoot us an email at helpdesk at midwestitsupport.com. Give us a call, 765 239 9668. All right, we are back. So I think um I think Chris is on the line and I, I'm gonna go ahead and take his call too, because I think a third um opinion on this might be uh just what we need here, Jimmy. Okay. Hi Chris. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear us talking up you on the air? I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, I I definitely did. My ears perked up. Uh, I was like, wait, we can't be talking about the same person. No, we weren't talking about you. It was a different Chris. It, it must have been because the word genius was thrown out there, and I was like, no, that that can't be right. <laughs> no, that was yeah. That well, they're in last place. I don't know what's genius is going in there, but um. So did you know coach did you know the coach for Boston College? No, I I I the first I heard of it was when you started talking about it. So I it was awesome that you brought it up. That that was well before my time of getting into college hockey. Yeah, I mean he was he was he was legendary. I mean he was and he's well respected and you know it, it, He's one of those guys that's, you know, up there with, with um, you know, Red from Michigan or whatever, you know, that, you know, kind of put things forward. And um, ironically, you know, when he retired, like I said, when he retired, he was the number one, w- number one winningest coach in, in college, in, in, in the NCAA. And now he's third for Boston College. So it gives you an idea where that program went after he built it. Yeah, it's always great to hear about how how programs get get to where Boston College is because they weren't always they weren't always up there. Yep. Yeah, we. I was curious because I wasn't sure if that was before your time or if you actually recognized who he was because I know you do follow the uh, East Coast College hockey out there. Yeah, I recognize the the, the name. Sounded familiar just from 
being around Massachusetts um, and when I was in college, you know, that's, you know, I, I heard, I've heard that name before, but I didn't really know the background story of him. I just knew he was a coach at Boston College. Didn't know all of that. Right. Right. So you're going to go through college withdrawals with us too, aren't you? Yeah, well, I mean, with Quinnipiac playing so bad, it's kind of like, all right, good, take a break, get 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 off get off the get off the front pages for a while. Right. So I'll I'll be I'll be on the other end of that. Like, thank God they're taking a break, and then when they come back, <laughs> be like, yeah. Hopefully, they come back with with some kind of a sense of urgency. <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> for you guys. Well, and the in the different thing too is you, you'll see the difference now. Um, as long as talking about the break, you'll see the difference in a lot of the players because um, a lot of the players, um, like around here, it's so cold. Um, every rink's frozen, um, so they're out there. They're they're playing. They're playing pickup games because they're not allowed to practice. But they're out there. They're playing. You know, pickup games. They're they're at the local rinks. They're playing. You know, scrimmaging with the high school kids. They're doing. You know, they're out playing. Um, if they can. And so that's, that's where the, you know, the more Northern cities, and I guess most of them are Northern cities, but the Northern, Northern ones where the, it freezes <laughs> have the advantage. Because <laughs> they, they can continue to play and continue to practice. Whereas, you know, you're, you know, the, the actual arenas, you know, you're not allowed in there. I think you're allowed one oh. or two captain seats and that's it. So. Wow. I didn't know that. So they're not allowed to touch the ice in any sort of practice type setting. No, they just have to. No, they shut they shut them down. You know, and that's an NCAA mandate where you know where they they shut them down and they're they're not allowed to play. And but that doesn't stop them from playing on their own. Right. It, it shouldn't. I mean, you got to stay fresh somehow. Right, and the coaches aren't allowed at the you know quote unquote captains' practices or. You know the outdoor stuff, but you know in in the modern age of you know disposable cell phones, you know who knows what's going on. So, <laughs> right. So, Chris, we are posing a question to all of our listeners, and I think you saw it posted in the group too. But, um, what do you want to see the Rangers unwrap under the Christmas tree before the trade deadline? Well, I think we just unwrapped our present with. Um this new kid that showed up today and just started scoring goals. So hopefully, hopefully that's our Christmas present. Uh, kid, it's Carrie. Just, I, I, I didn't even know who this guy was, but apparently he came in, scored two goals tonight, and that, we'll take, we'll take that. We need, that, we need all the help we can get from scoring. So, yeah, just what the Metro Division wants to hear. The Rangers found yeah. a scoring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah. the other thing, the, the other thing that we need that I would like to, I, I know it was posed as what would I, what would we like to unwrap under the Christmas tree? I'd like to get some defensemen that can pass the puck in their own zone without turning it over. That would be fantastic. Those are rare. <laughs> yeah, they're they're few and far between. 
Yes, definitely. Well, a lot of times, too, and like I'll go back to this point, too. You know, I mean, you have Shattenkirk, who's one of the better puck movers, and you got McDonough, who is, you know, one of the best, if not the best, in the league at controlling the defensive end. Um, Brady Shea, you know, Mark Stahl's on that club. You have players that can play. Um, a lot of times it has to do with, you know, where where are the forwards breaking out or are they breaking out or are they abandoning, you know, and are they leaving the defenseman behind to try to carry the puck? And so a lot of times that's where your turnovers will come because there's there's no place – there's no place for the defenseman to bring the puck. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of them, you know, aren't ring to ring kind of defensemen. And, you know, they're, you know, from one end to the other. So they, they would kind of rely on that forward to be in the right spot so they can chip the puck in. And if they're not there, then, you know, when they get, you know, four check pressure, you know, the only chance they have is to go, <clears throat> excuse me, D to D. And sometimes, it, you know, it becomes a weak pass and, and so it's not always on the defenseman when you have those kinds of turnovers. A lot of times it has to do with, you know, the forwards out of position. Right. That's exactly right. So. I mean, the, I mean, the Rangers, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with the, you know, the, the top two pairings in the Rangers decor. I mean, they, that's, that's pretty solid, I, I think, but. You know, I, I don't watch them on a day-to-day basis. I don't see the mistakes they make. So, you know, I, I could be wrong there, too. No, it's just, it's turn, the turnovers they do make, and, Jimmy, you know this from watching hockey, if you're going to turn the puck over on defense, you'd rather turn it over on the boards rather than right in, right in the middle of the ice. Like, that's the problem that the Rangers have is when they get on the boards, the defensemen are fine. Once they get in the middle of the ice, that's when, that's when all hell breaks loose. So, it, like like you said, we have good defensemen. I would just like somebody to get in there and get coach them up on. Hey, stop leaving Lundqvist to save your ass because you because you gave it gave a guy a, a wide open lane by turning the puck over and having nobody there to stop him. Why do you think maybe part of that's because Lundqvist is such a good, dependable goaltender that they maybe take more chances than they should? I, I think that I think that's part of it too. They they try to take they try to take that extra chance, and it it ends up that those are the plays that end up biting us. And I mean, no goalie's really? gonna make no no goalie's gonna stop every every one on one breakaway, like every breakaway or every every open shot. No goalie's going to make every every one of those saves. So, nor nor should they be be countered on to do that. Now, did they play the same way when Pavlik's uh, um, in, in net, or do they seem to be a little more stay at home, a little more reserved? No, they're def- they they definitely don't take chances when when Pavlik's in. They kind of they kind of slow everything down, and that that I think comes and that I think comes from the coach, like. He's you can see whenever they go to the bench and Pavlik's in, uh, the coach is always is always you know telling them go 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 and the players are like no we're we're not doing that. <laughs> like Vin wants them to get move the puck and just fly up the ice, but that they you know they they do that when Lundqvist is in there, 
because like you said, they have they know he's reliable. When Pavlik's in, they kind of they kind of squirrel back and keep keep the defense tight, which which is the kind of hockey I like to see played. I'd like them to do that with Lundqvist because then they don't have they don't have to worry about about letting in an easy you know he's not going to let in the easy one he's gonna he's gonna make the other team work for it so right I mean he when I saw Pavlik play he did really really well um, you know he but then again I watched the defense and I actually do watch quite a few Rangers games because it seems like sometimes they're the only early game I can get um, but. You know the Rangers' defense really did seem to step it up for him, as opposed to um, Lundqvist when he's in net. They just kind of trust him enough that they're gonna, like Chris said, take better chances and um, create different kinds of plays. Right. So now we're talking about goalies. I have a question from Mark. And he wants to know, could we be seeing another goalie controversy in Pittsburgh? And he wants to know where <laughs> Pittsburgh finds all the all these goalies at, and that he hears there's an even better goalies coming up. <laughs> well, let me just answer this question, like, 100% legit down the middle. It depends on which side of the fence you are on as a Penguin fan. This has been a discussion since the beginning of the season. Um, you have people that like Tristan Jari better than Matt Murray, and you have people that think Matt Murray can do no wrong. Um, is there a goalie controversy? It depends on, I guess, how you feel about goaltending. I guess the style. Um, the team seemed to play better in front of Jari, but again, I don't know if they know that, you know, he's a rookie, so they really did stay back defensively, like we were just talking about Pavlik and Lenquist. But at the same time, it almost seems like the majority of the time, they're just letting Matt Murray out there to dry. Um, And a, a lot, you were talking about the breakaways and how it's the forwards and centers out of position. That seems to be Pittsburgh's biggest problem right now is that um, there are a lot of odd man rushes. And um, example, last night there was a three on nine. So, um, but goalie controversy, Penguin fans will make it one. Um, but uh, yeah, I stand on one side of the fence though for different reasons than most people. <laughs> So let's get um, a non-Homer uh, opinion on this, Jimmy. <laughs> well, Chris, you you watch them. You probably see them more often than I do. We only beat the Penguins twice a year, so that's the only time I really, you know, I. But I see them on um, a lot on you know a lot on NBCSN, and uh, you know I, I I see a lot of flaws in both goaltenders, and a lot of that has to do with the lack of experience and don't tell me that going through and winning two cups gives you experience because that's when your team's actually playing your experience comes in the regular season when you have to you have to win when your team's not trying as hard that night and in if you think they try as hard every night you're you're crazy but you know at the level that they play at in the playoffs so 
a lot of Murray's problem is the success that he's had in the, in the postseason, and he just thinks that the the team's always going to play that way, and he doesn't understand that they're not. And um, I think the expansion really hurt Pittsburgh because I think they needed one more year with Mark Andre Fleury showing Matthew Murray how to play goaltender um, in not between the pipes, but between the ears. Right. And I cannot disagree with that at all. Um, the Vegas expansion draft really did hurt. It not only took arguably the best goaltender that the Penguins had at that point, depending again on what side of the fence you're on, um, but it also took probably the biggest leader and biggest morale booster in the locker room. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Well, I think the ceiling but, is a lot higher on Murray than than it was on um, Mark Andre Fleury. You know, Mark Andre Fleury's probably probably already much hit his his ceiling and for his style and he, you know, but his ability to, you know, help Murray with the stupid way that he plays in the way he would be able to help Jari, Jerry or whatever you pronounce it out there in Pittsburgh. Um, Jari. <laughs> yeah. How you know we help him because the couple of games that I've seen of him, he's he gives up goofy rebounds, and you know he, that that could create more of a, more and more of a problem. So um, of the of the two, you know Murray's obviously the better goaltender right now, but you know how, how many times has Pittsburgh got to score four goals in order for Murray to be able to win a game? Right. That's my big thing, and, um, you know, I, I try to really look at this down the middle, and I realize that Jerry's biggest problem right now is he just doesn't have enough NHL experience. He has 12 games in the NHL, whereas I look at Matt Murray, and I say the same thing. He just doesn't have enough experience. He still has yet to hit 100 games played in the NHL, and that's including the playoffs. Um whether it's because of his injury history or anything like that. Now, I'm not I'm not a big Matt Murray fan, and that's no secret on the show, nor anywhere else. Um, but at the same point, I appreciate what he has done for the team. I just don't like his fundamentals. His fundamentals drive me absolutely crazy. I think the biggest part of that is the firing of Mike Bales, who now is in Carolina and bringing up an AHL goalie coach to coach these kids and on the NHL level. I've seen um, Jari play in the minors and I know for a fact that his natural game is not what he's playing right now in the NHL. And I do hold that fully on the way the goaltender coaches I mean, the goalie coaches and from my perspective, is making Jari look a lot like Matt Murray in that. And, um, you know, I, I my other thing was, you know, the rebound control of Murray. I get that he's a big goalie, and I get that that's what they do. They let the pucks bounce off of them. But when your defense is struggling and you're letting pucks just rebound off of you in order to, quote-unquote, make a save, you're not helping your team in that aspect because there's no defensemen to sit there and sweep away a puck. Um, the other thing that kind of bothered me about this whole thing and the way Pittsburgh's playing is 
before Murray got hurt, he had said in one of his post-game interviews that he doesn't have any team support around him. Now, <laughs> I don't know how what kind of comment that is, um, whether it was true or not. I can't remember what game it was. But to me, that was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm not getting any help, so you expect me to make great saves and you don't help me. That That's kind of the way I took it. I don't think he meant it that way, but it's just the way he said it. But, um, yeah, Pittsburgh has a pretty good goaltender. Um, I guess I'm going to call it security blanket coming up through the system right now. Um, they have Gustafsson, who is currently playing overseas. Um, he should be in Wilkes-Barre within the next year or two. And he was scouted very, very high. Um, of course, Sean McGuire got traded today, and he was another bright prospect. Uh, and of course, Casey DeSmith is down in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. So, yeah, I, I don't know where the scouts find them. I, I'm not a scout. I don't pretend to be. So, But, you know, if they keep finding good talent, I'm not going to complain. Well, we can go back to that in a second here. here uh, but uh, what are your thoughts, Chris? Well, my thoughts are kind of on the same line of Kim's, but I got a different interview um, with Matt Murray. It was after one of the games where he gave up, I think, like five or six goals. And oh, his the Vancouver was, game. Where he was just like, eh, it's just goals. You know, he, he was yes. totally like flippant about it. And every game I've seen of Matt Murray, he he – he kind of has that. I mean, you don't. He, he kind of has it too much on the lackadaisical side of, eh, I gave up a goal, whatever. Like, he doesn't have that fiery, like, I gave up a goal and uh, I gave up a cheap goal. Now I'm not going to let anything else in. Like, we talked about last week, the, like, the good goalies, they let in a cheap goal and then they shut down. They shut down the you know the, the other team for the rest of the game. I don't see that out of Matt Murray mentally. Mentally, I see him as like, oh, I give up a goal. I'll just keep playing the same way. And that's when it snowballs into like three or four goals, and that's when he gets into trouble. That is an you excellent know, point. And I and I think that part of his deal too is that he doesn't play that much during the he hasn't played that much during the regular season and I think he thinks there's a switch he can turn on when they get to the playoffs and I I don't think that he he has that fire and to your point you know I I was watching the wild game tonight and that's what I watched so I'm just going to reference this but this this is just a, any goaltender would be this way and Stalock's in goal because dude mix out right well Stalock had just given up the third goal of the game and it was not necessarily his fault, but he wasn't very happy about the fact that it went in the net. So, um, pucks in, um, in Ottawa's in for maybe a minute to a minute and a half. And they're doing a really good job of forechecking. And then Ottawa kind of poked it out just enough to hopefully get a line change. And Stalock hit that thing almost at the blue line and fired that to the other blue line and kept it back in, I mean, that's how fired up he was to make sure that, you know, let's get a goal back here, boys. And, uh, you know, that's the attitude that you have, like you're talking about from the goaltender, that, you know, I gave up a goal, I got to get one back, you know, or I don't want to give up any more. 
And you and right. you see it. You can see that in in Lundquist. I mean, it and mm-hmm. and Murray, Murray. One, he doesn't have that in him to get that fired up. But it's also the experience thing. He doesn't have the experience to call out, you know, Latang af- after a goal if Latang's out of place. He doesn't. Matt Murray doesn't have the experience to. to or, or like you just said, Kim, with that, you know, respect. He doesn't have the respect or the the, you know, trying to think of the word, but uh, like the seniority to call a guy out and say you were in the wrong spot. What are you doing? Because right, I, I can go. I can go to Lunquist the other night. There was a two on one, and the guy scored, and Lunquist slammed his stick and was yelling at Ryan McDonough like that's and oh, that's. I- I've seen Lundquist push the uh, net off the moorings in anger after giving up a goal. I mean, I have seen him literally just go ballistic on the ice after giving up what he considers as a soft goal, which everybody else in the league is looking in like, man, if he would have got that, that would have been the most incredible save. But, hey, those kind you can't always get. But he takes every goal he lets them personally. Um you know, and that brings me to a good point where you're talking about um, Lundqvist. When people are in Lundqvist's crease, he's shoving them out of the way. He's poking them with a stick. He's done everything he can so that he can see through the screen. I have not seen Murray do that because 90% of the goals he gives up is because he's crouched down and um, he can't see through the screen because he's not shoving people out of his crease. Well, and Lundqvist, Lundqvist is doing it with leverage too. He's not a big, he's not a big goaltender, you know. I mean, right. Six one, six two, and what is he? Maybe a buck eighty, buck eighty five, something like that for yeah, for, for weight. Yeah, I mean, he's not one of those big six foot five, six foot six, two hundred thirty five pound goaltenders that seem to be the norm right now. Right. And he just he uses leverage and he uses positioning to get people out of his way so he can see the puck and make that safe. You know, he's right. constantly working, you know, whereas a lot of the other goaltenders that you watch, they're just sitting there waiting for the puck to hit them. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the plus side is it of it is both of these goaltenders are very young. So there is always that room for improvement. But I think um, fans in general want to make it a goalie controversy because of the fact that they're realizing what Jimmy and I have been talking about for the last year, um, where people were going to have a big surprise that Pittsburgh wasn't going to be as good as they thought they were going to be. Well, Ken, well, to, an- to answer the question of controversy, uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with a parallel to another sport. To me, okay, goaltending. To me, goaltending is like starting pitching in baseball. You can never have enough starting pitching, whether it's, you know, a guy coming up from the minor. If you have good starting pitching in the minors, that's a great thing for your baseball team. If you have a bunch of goalies at the minor league level, that's a good thing for your team. You you want to be able to have a lot of goalies because that's not something you want to ever be deficient of. Right. Well, and if you want to take it to another sport – football 
if you've got two good quarterbacks, chances are you don't have one great one. Yep. That one works too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. It really does. Yeah. But I, there's a lot of quarter. There's a lot of goaltending controversy that happens in you know, and it happens more on other teams. It's just you know after you win a couple cups and you get to the point where you know NBC is just talking nothing about them because you know how good Matthew Murray was in the postseason, even though he was. I don't know. I, I I didn't see it. I didn't see a game where he took over the game. Um, where he stole a game for the team. I've never seen Murray stand on his head to steal a game for the team. Well, and, you know, it, you can look at, you know, you look at Crawford, you know, back when Chicago won, you know, the two cups that they won with him. You look at the first period of those games and they were they were badly outplayed. And but Crawford kept them in the game, and then they got into intermission, and then they come out in the second period, and they're a whole different team. And it's just whether or not you have that goaltender that can, and Crawford can do that during the regular season too. Whether or not you have that goaltender that can, you know, not necessarily take over a game, but take to the point where, you know, yeah, maybe I'll take twenty shots this period. If I let one in, it's not the end of the world, but I'm not letting two in. And that's that's the mentality that that's the you know that's a championship goaltender right there you know and, and you don't see that very often out of a lot of the other goaltenders that are quote unquote great you know you see you can see that out of Lundqvist you can see that out of Quick you Carey Price Carey you can well you could see it you could see that out of Carey Price now that he's back you could see it out of him again but um, right where they can withstand that first period swarm, especially on the second game of a back-to-back. If you can hold them off in that first period and keep your team in the game, then the team goes, hey, we're supposed to play hockey today, (laughs) and they come back (laughs) out in the second period. But if you let in two or three softies or even just two or three goals, that game's over. Yeah. You're exactly right. So that answers that question, <laughs> and I, I'm really glad to get that off the board. Um, you know, it, it's not my favorite subject just because um, it, it's a thing that comes up every single day in groups, and it, it just it gets monotonous. And you've got people that, like I said, that can see no wrong in one and see total wrong in another, and it's been going on for the last three years, so it kind of gets monotonous. <laughs> Mhm. Um, but you know, I Mark, I hope we answered your question to the best of our ability and gave you a straight down the middle answer. That's why I'm glad that Chris is not a Pensian and Jimmy's not a Pensian because it does give us a, a separate viewpoint. Um, but you know, I've always said that I thought Matt Murray was a excellent backup goaltender. I just didn't think he was ready for the starting position. And that's how I've always put it. Um. We all know Jari's not either because he just doesn't have the experience, but he's got to get the experience somehow. So this could be one of those years where they sink and swim. Um, it, it depends. It depends on what goes on. But, you know, Mark, thank you for your question. And um, I, like I said, I hope we gave you the right answer. So 
Chicago finally got Crawford back. We had this question um, from last week, or a couple weeks ago, what does losing Crawford mean for the Blackhawks, who seem to already be, quote-unquote, struggling? And, um, yeah, the, the Blackhawks were struggling really bad without um, Crawford, excuse me, Crawford there for a little bit, but they also lost Scott Darling in the offseason to Carolina. So um, I don't even remember, is Forsberg their backup goaltender? Anton Forsberg? Yeah. yeah, I think I believe that's who it is, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you see with Crawford, you see starting goaltenders go out, you know, especially if they're a, a certain style, like butterfly goalies tend to be more injury prone um, just because they're down on the ice and they're getting those skates and everything geared towards them. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of, when this question came up, it kind of reminded me of Edmonton without Cam Talbot. Because when you lose a goaltender of Craig Crawford caliber, you, you're you're going to struggle a little bit because Forsberg's not necessarily going to come in and be Corey Crawford, just like Budai wasn't Jonathan Quick last year. Right. Like, I mean, they, um, can, they, they can they can play well, and they they can you know you can ride them for a short period of time. Um, but when you when you have that, you know, I'm going to get my goaltender back or my goaltender's back, then the whole team plays at a different level, and um, they don't especially when you have a, a, a very unproven backup goaltender, then, you know, <clears throat> I mean, Chicago is, you know, don't, bear, don't sleep on Chicago. <laughs> They've won five in a row now. Um, they're playing pretty well. Um, I had the pleasure of watching them on Sunday. Um, well, I, I <laughs> think that was, that was in my sarcastic voice. Um, they're looking, <laughs> they look really, really good. And, um, with him back in net, they're even without him in net, they've kind of turned the page and um here they come again. And it it's one of those things where you, back to our question of buyers and sellers, Chicago's always a buyer at the trade deadline. They always pick up something. And they Yeah, they're always looking else. for that one player. Yep, and they usually find it. And um the last couple of years, they haven't had much luck because they don't really have anything to trade anymore. But now they're getting back to the point where they're just picking up the old players they used to have. They're bringing the old game back together and see if they can make another run. I mean, they have, you know, two of the best players in in, in hockey in, in, in Caves and Kane. And they just have to be able to, you know, be decent everywhere else and let those two players play. And they're really – they're still young, you know. So, I mean, they – they have a lot of te- they have a lot of time left, so you know before their you know quote unquote clock runs out. Right. Yeah, because Taze and Kane they're still fairly young. Um, they're only what round thirty, and um, twenty seven and twenty eight, I think. Yeah, that's no, something. Like they're they around. Be, 30. It seems like they should be older, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Especially seems like they should be retiring, but they're not. <laughs> exactly. Especially for the Central Division fans, the Blues fans, the Wild fans. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you're right. You, you can't sleep on a team that 
an organization that has their stuff together and they've always seemed to have a little slump and then they just go on a rampage and then they tend to have a little slump and then they tend to just just into the the playoffs and you know the last two years have been I guess a fluke of nature for Chicago because they have lost in the first round the last two years and um you know, so third year, watch out. Whoever plays Chicago in the first round this year, watch out. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, it used to be in every other year occurrence that they would win the cup. And then, you know, the last year national kind of squelched that. And so now Chicago, I think, is, you know, I think there is a lot of um, animosity on the in the defense of Chicago and also in goal for Chicago that they're not going to let that ha- happen again. <laughs> so right. you, know, you can, you can see it at times when you're watching them play. And, you know, like I said, in the regular season, they don't play at the same level that they do in the postseason, And you can't keep that up for an 82 game season. You know, there's just no way, but you can see it in streaks with Chicago where, I mean, they just have so much speed that, and, and size that it's just, when they get clicking, it's, it's, you know, it, turn out the light the party's over you know and especially if Crawford decides he wants to play and then you know Keith decides he wants to play and you know then then you just have you know there's too much there for them to be playing as bad as they were but they're uh, you know they're not out of it yet <laughs> so yeah yeah, nobody is truly out of it except for maybe Buffalo, Florida, and um, Arizona. But even they have a chance to turn it around, and miracles happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, still, they can turn the corner. Right. We're still, most teams still have, like, I don't know, 67 games to play. <laughs> Or at least 57, because a lot of yeah, teams are at 35 now. Yeah, 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 like 50 games ago. So it'd be, so, be 40, you know, 47 for your um, Maryland math there. Yeah, think, hey, math has never been my strong suit. So I don't, you know, I, I can't do math in my head. <laughs> I made an estimated guess. <laughs> Common Core did not work for me. <laughs> um. But, yeah, I mean, it's still a fairly long season. But, you know, we have about nine minutes left, guys, and I think we're going to wrap our show up on time tonight. Yay! Yeah. So do you guys have any any final thoughts for the uh, going into the quote-unquote trade freeze and little um, Christmas break? Well, we, we touched on the question of whether or not, you know, what every team needed to be unwrapped underneath their Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And for the wild, it's either um, another doctor or um, (laughs) it's a rules coach. Um, Coming into the tonight's game, the wild have, um, if you look at the amount of penalties that the wild have had called, had called against them that resulted in power plays. Against the the teams that they played against that had penalties called against them that resulted in power play, the the Wild are the worst team in the league. 
They're at a minus 30. They've had Ouch. 30 more. They've given up 30 more power plays than they've got. That's okay. So we need a rules coach. <laughs> so we know how to play within the rules. Stay out of the box. Right. You know, just, just put it out there for my club. I want one of Jimmy's defensemen from the Wild. <laughs> I would like a, a defenseman from the Wild and a third line center. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's terrible for the Wild. Um, I didn't realize that they had that many penalties. Yeah. Stupid penalties too, and it's you know, and you could see it today in the game that you know there's penalty a place where there would have been a penalty before that that wasn't. So um, they're getting a little bit better at it, but it's just a little chippy penalties that you know. They, like I was talking about, you see that with every team, and the Wild just seem to do it better than everybody else. Right. You know, and then we get the stupid you know forearms into the into the helmet. So those aren't good either. So, right. Yep. Well, maybe you guys will turn the page after the uh, the break, the small break here. So. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm just almost hoping that we don't, and then we just get rid of everybody and start over. You know, except for all the young kids. You know, get rid of the. But at the same time, it'd be nice for for Colin to have a decent playoff run again. So. Yeah, I'd like him back he was, too. <laughs> he was he was talking. He's so excited that his his uh, Saint Cloud State Huskies are number one in the country. He said, you know, they, that's I mean, that's where he went to college, and he's he's so excited, and he can't wait to take the kids to um, a game after the break. You know, because um, they're not playing now, but he he plans on going up and seeing a couple of times now. You know, while they're playing so well, and say, yeah, hey, you know, I used to wear that sweater too. You know, so. Um, and you know, and that's that's fun, and that's you know, that's one of the reasons why he's back here. So, um, but you know, it's forty-five minutes, maybe an hour to St. Cloud to the arena from where he lives. So, um, but uh, but yeah, he's he he was pretty excited about that, and he made he made some comments about that, you know, um, during pregame interviews. So, which, which was kind of neat. Right. Right. And that's great. I'm I'm glad. I know his move back to Minnesota was for his family, and um, that that's the most important thing, you know, to do it for your family. You've already got what three rings, and um, you've played twenty plus years. So to do something nice for your family and still be able to play a game you love, it's pretty good. It's a great way to end a career. That's for sure. Yeah, they were talking about something that they, <clears throat> tonight when they were talking to him about, you know, having him. He, he had, it's been what, 21 years since he's played at St. Cloud State, so that's that, he's had a he's had a nice run. <laughs> that's for sure. Right. Exactly. Well, Chris, do you have any final thoughts? Not about your playoff bound abs, but no kidding. Go for it. <laughs> that that was going to be my final thought. If only the Avs could play Pittsburgh more more this season, we'd be, we'd be in good shape. That was cold. That was cold. 
because you're the third Avalanche or the third person. Two others were actually Colorado Avalanche fans that said the same thing. So hey, they don't pay me to be a fan. I like them because I do. <laughs> right. well, I, you know, and and, and to and to pile on on that, you know, the Wild beat them every year. Um, they didn't do very good against Chicago this year when they played them. So uh, it seems to be the only team that um, Pittsburgh can actually beat out West is like Arizona. <laughs> so. And we, they barely did that. <laughs> we won't even go there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I take a lot of heat for our new listeners, um, but I didn't the last two years. I've actually got to really enjoy it. And I, uh, I, if Pittsburgh happens to miss the playoffs, which I'm beginning to think they're going to, it'll be nice to watch the playoffs without a horse in the race and just enjoy the playoffs for what they are. So, the well, Chris, playoff system in, in professional sports is the NHL. It, it really is. It really is. Well, Chris, we thank you so much for calling in, and we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. I was just going to say the same thing. Have a Merry Christmas, guys. And Thank you. we'll talk. We'll, hopefully, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, right, we'll be great. on. So <laughs> we'll be here. If you're on, I'll be here. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. All right, guys. Have a good holiday. You too. You too. Well, Jimmy, that two hours went. Fairly quickly, as always. It always seems like we run out of time at the end. I just happened to notice how close we were, and I was like, well, let's just go ahead and wrap this up as a nice little way to end the uh, the show tonight. But, uh, you know, I wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas, if you celebrate it, Hanukkah, if you celebrate that. Um, Kwanzaa, I think, is coming up. Um, and if I, I missed anything, I apologize, but I do hope that you have a very safe and happy holidays. <clears throat> Jimmy, Merry Christmas to you. And, to you. um, thank you very much. And yes, we will be on, I know it's the 26th, the day after Christmas. So like I said, I have to work my real job or my full-time job that day. And, um, so I will be on, we will be on next week, um, same time at nine Eastern standard time. Don't so you know, that, you know that the 26th of December is, is Boxing Day, and that's the, that's the day in Canada where um, the boss works and, and some of the employees get to control about what the boss does. So maybe next week we'll figure it out where I'll be the host and you be the co-host. That would be so much fun. We should totally do that. Yeah, except I don't want to talk that much. I don't want to do all this stuff. In the, I don't want to, I want to say, stay out of my creek 17 <laughs> times before the show starts. I knew that was coming. (laughs) So, all right. Well, we have about 50 seconds left, Jimmy. So, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Chris and Lou, for your phone calls. Don't be shy. You know, next week, give us a call. We'll be happy to talk about your club, even if you're a, um, I don't know, we've never had an Anaheim Ducks fan on here. So that would be really cool. Um, You know, don't be afraid. We, We always want to talk about your club, too. Everybody have a great and safe holiday, and we will see you back here next week. All right. Merry Christmas.